just love him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, holy God. Thank you, great and mighty King. And I give you praise, O oh Lord. I give you praise, O oh Lord. In the great name of Jesus. Everybody said hallelujah. If you have a Bible tonight, I'm turning to the book of Hebrews. Very good spirit here tonight. Entertain the good presence of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12. When you come to the church that Jesus built, I want to help you to understand what you've come to. You haven't come to something ordinary or plain or brand X or something of that nature. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and, the God, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably, accept, acceptably, excuse me, with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. We have come to a company of angels. I want to work on for a little while in the company of angels. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. There is a drastic change that takes place when one comes to this company of angels, to this body of Christ that is described in all this manner that God inspired the writer of Hebrews to put to pen, and we're just focusing on one part of it here tonight. A drastic change that takes place when you 
repented for your sins in a sincere manner. And when you are baptized in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, and it's for the full pardon, forgiveness of all of your sins, your whole life is taken care of, washed in the blood of the Lamb. And then you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of Jesus Christ, He sends it forth into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Places you in this body of Christ, where you're a part of a company of angels. One place in the, I believe it's Zechariah, talked about if we would do certain things, that he would give us a place to stand by these. And these, he referred to, were the angels. To be in such rarefied air and be such a great environment to be walking where angels have trod and, and their presence uh, is there to glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And here we are in the midst of this. Now, you know, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, they were told to only come so far. And there was a, a stoppage. They were commanded by God through Moses, the people were, not to go any further than a certain point, lest they would be thrust through with a dart and that they would die. So terrible was the sight that the people did exceedingly fear and quake. They shook in their boots, so to speak. And it's a fearful thing to be drawn in to the great presence of the Lord and to a place where God has company of angels. It's important for you to keep in mind that the Lord is looking at the company that you keep. The company that you keep. Now, when Jesus started his church, you could say he started a company. And it was a, to be a group of believers. It was to be a group of people that would be baptized into his church, a body of believers, knowing that without his spirit, you could be none of his, but with his spirit, you could be one of his. You could be you who were afar off and enemies in wicked carnal minds to God. Us who were sinners and lost and undone and without hope and without God. And yet, He sought us out. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He sought us out. And He began to draw people unto Him, bringing them in to the church, bringing them in to the body of Christ. One place in the Scripture talked about certain of Paul's company. Now, Paul used terminology such things like 
my gospel. And I like when you begin to realize that you become, again, through this John 3, 5, Acts 2, 38 experience, you become a part of the body of Christ. And that you're no longer that stranger. You're, you're no longer alienated. You're no longer cut off. You're no longer estranged. But now you're brought in. Now you're part of the family of Almighty God. And that you're a part of His company. And as a part of His company, well, Paul, it was described that there were certain of His company, of Paul's company, because Paul was a part of the body of Christ. Paul was a part of what Jesus had birthed and started. And as he called it my gospel, he could also call it my company. And that you and I become partakers of the root and the stock of Abraham. That you're not somebody that is any longer who were one time afar off. But now you're brought near. Now you're brought in. Now you've become a part and a partaker. You're part and parcel of this thing. You don't treat this as something that is distant from you. And you don't keep your distance from this. You're careful about who you keep company with. That you're not just a part of any company. You're not wanting to be associated with some things or just anything, but that we are most particular about the company that we keep, the company that we're a part of. I was at a restaurant meeting with a lawyer a week or so ago with Pastor Urshan, and uh, when we had just finished up, I had a very light lunch, a little bit of soup, a little bit of salad, and that was about it for me. But my sweet tooth spoke up. So I told him I wanted one little, you know, dab or one little scoop of, uh, I think they call it gelato, and it's a chocolate ice cream type thing. And so they usually bring in a little old bowl I've eaten there before, and uh and some of us have eaten there before, actually, here from this church. And um, those are a part of my company. I remember bringing them. And uh, so after we got done and we were getting ready to leave, uh, the general manager had seen us. I saw him do a double take, and when he saw us, he came over. He was very polite, very nice. He's uh, always very nice to seniors that fell than I am. And he's made arrangements, as I said, for our company to eat there before. And so he always takes real good care of us. And so he came over and he looked at us and he said, did you enjoy everything? Yes, we did. And we thank you so much, yada, yada, yada. So he saw my, my little empty glass because they didn't bring my chocolate ice cream in my little bowl or like the little bowl that they usually do. They brought mine in a stemmed glass. Why? I don't know. Maybe the dishwasher was running behind. I don't know. But the general manager he goes um he says oh and i see you had a martini and i was like <laughs> say what <laughs> and i said no 
I said, there will be no martini here. <laughs> he said, oh, wait a minute. He said, that must have been that chocolate gelato. And I said, that's exactly what that was. And, uh, and I think he turned a couple of shades of red over that and decided he might better shake hands and move on. And uh, that's what we call a, a faux pas or a social blunder. And uh, it was a major social blunder. Uh, but my point is, is that he knew, he really knew better that I wouldn't be keeping company with people, nor much less myself, to be involved with that kind of partaking, because we don't do that. We've had a drastic change for the good in our lives, and that the old things have passed away, and behold, all things have been made new. There will be no more alcohol. There will be no more drugs. There will be no more cussing, use of profanity, or as the book said, let no filthy communication proceed forth out of your mouth. Somebody was passing by. You know, sometimes cars will go by and the, and the base will be up and the windows will rattle, and you know how that is. And, and uh, um, so today somebody came by. We got home, I guess, from church after 4 o'clock, and, and uh we were just making small preparations to get ready to come for service tonight. And uh, as you know, each window is short, and they seem to get shorter between the services, but that's okay. I'm happy about it. Happy to be in church. Happy to be doing what God's business is and stay active and stay apart. And so uh, the all of a sudden, I heard like a machine gun just three filthy words real loud. And I said, my goodness, I said, what is that? And so my wife said, that's somebody walking by talking on their phone on the road. And, you know, at first I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get in my car and I'm going to follow this person. I'm going to find out if they live anywhere near here. And I'm going to talk to their parent. <laughs> I'm going to tell them that surely you don't want your child talking like that, you know. But then I stopped to think. I said, well, actually, maybe the parent talks like that. So I better not take that course of action. But, you know, when your, your sensibilities are so different when you're gone through this born-again experience, that what you once were, you're not that way anymore. And we have to be careful because we get to thinking that everybody should be like that. Well, everybody should be like that, meaning everybody should be repented, baptized in Jesus' name, and full of the Holy Ghost. And the rest will come along with it, won't it? Because the old things will pass away. The old mind that produces the wrong words and the dirty, filthy jokes and the uh, lifestyle that is ungodly, that all passes away when we get born again of water and the Spirit. That is, when we get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Those things pass away. We don't hang on to those things. We let those things go. Matter of fact, the Bible said, if your right eye offends you, do not take this literally now. This is figuratively. It said if your right eye offends you, it told you to pluck it out. For it's better to go through life maimed, missing one eye, than it is to enter into hell whole, complete of all of your faculties. And he also said about your right hand the same thing. He was trying to say, not the eye so much in the hand physically, 
but the evil desires. You cut them off through repentance. You stop doing it by God's grace and God's help. You refrain. You abstain. You turn away from. You don't keep company with people who act that way, talk that way, live that way. That's not of Paul's company. That's not of the church. That's one place said women that were of our company. Friend, you know our women when you see them and you know them when you speak to them and you know them by where they go and where they don't go. Women of our company are set apart. They're different. They've been changed. They've become godly, shame-faced. Their adorning is such. It's of the inward person of the heart. Amen. Whose adorning is not certain things. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Company, I'm talking to you about a company of angels. When you think of angels, you think of holy, holy. You think of power. But you also realize that the Scripture said that the ladies, that they would, uh, they would have to also conduct themselves in such a manner that they would not cause angels to become rebellious. That the women would be given certain something in their lives that would be a beauty to them. God would look at it as being beautiful. Okay, and that he was telling the women that it's, it's for their beauty and that they were to take care of it and there was, they were not to in any way diminish it and that in not diminishing it, that it would help the angels so that they would not, uh, as I said, trip over rebellion. You know, the heavenly angels one time they got rebellious, and they followed Satan, didn't they? And they were a third of them were thrust out with Satan and flung into outer darkness, reserved in chains in the midst of darkness, the book said. Because they, they didn't value what they were given. They kept, they did not guard and protect what God had given to them. So ladies, be sure that after you're baptized in Jesus' name and you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you be sure that you keep and guard and protect what God has given you, okay? That you keep yourself among the company of people who are doing it according, things according to what the teachings of the Scripture are. That you don't in any way get involved with disobedience along those lines. And that, you know, you start deciding what's a convenient, convenient length or something like that. Somebody said, how long? As long as God lets it be. That's how long. That's how long. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9. He said, I wrote unto you in an epistle, a message. 
Paul the Apostle said, I wrote unto you in a message, a message from God, to company, to not company, not to company. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Now, we don't hang out with young men or young women that are like that, you know. You want to come here to this church. It's one thing to be a visitor. It's one thing to come in and sit on the pew and we'll work with you or go to Sunday school and we'll work with you. And we understand that relationship. We haven't caught you yet. You're not a fish that's in the net yet. You haven't been pulled into the boat or the church yet. And we know that we're not going to be able to dress a fish before we catch it. But some fish learn how to present themselves in a certain amount of style of dress and try to pass themselves off as us. But if you're going around as some kind of fornicator, you're not one of us. You're not in our company. And you better know that. You're not going to be among the angels of God or the saints of God until you've repented of such behavior, until you've been delivered from such behavior, until you have cut that off. Because we're not keeping your company. How come I don't get invited? How come I can't? That's why you can't. Because you're not showing yourself to be of the company of the church and the angels and Paul and the rest of us. We want you to be. We want you to be. If you would want to be as much as we want you to be, then you would be. Believe me. He went on to say, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters, for then must needs ye go out of the world. And he really starts to narrow it down here because he realizes that we go to work, we go to a restaurant, we go to the grocery store, we go to the post office, we go to different places. And he realizes in writing here in the Spirit that we're going to have some interaction. We can't live in a glass bubble. We are in this world, but we are no longer of this world. And so that's why he, after saying the statement, then that's why he went on to say, for must, you must needs then go out of this world if he was talking about the people of the world. That'd be the only way. He said, but now I have written unto you not to keep company of any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one know not to eat. That's really... Bringing it right down on it. And of course, most of the time, that's going to be coming from leadership, making it clear when somebody has put themselves in the wrong company. People put themselves out of the company of the angels, out of the company known as the church, out of the company of Paul and of the 
womanly, the women saints. They put themselves out of that company. He said, for what have I to do to judge them that are the, also that are without? Now, you need to see some people always want to say, well, you shouldn't judge. You, shouldn't. you better listen and read your Bible, okay? You better listen and read your Bible. He said, for what have I to do to judge them also that are without? It's a question. Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from yourselves that wicked person. Put that away from you. You want to keep your distance. You don't want to be counted as that kind of company. If you're hanging out with people like that, then people are going to think you're like that. That there must be something about you if you're hanging out with people that were labeled here, have placed themselves under those labels. Very important that we be careful about the, the people that observe the church. First and foremost, they were called Christians at Antioch. And the reason was because they reminded them of Jesus. They knew that Jesus, it was even written that when there were certain ones of the apostles and how they had spoken and uh, the power of God that had moved in their lives and the good things that were taking place in the book of Acts, and then how that they uh, spoke and with boldness and authority and uh, they showed good judgment. They showed prudency. And in so doing, the ones that were of the denominal world and held positions, they, they looked at them and they more or less made a mental note and said, these men, they're not learned men. They're not professional men. But they took note that they had been with Jesus. They were of the company of Jesus. They were of the company of Paul. Those women were of our company, the church and the angels, an innumerable company of angels. Oh, friend, how great was it for that young man that was with the prophet. And the young man said, what are we going to do? The captain of the host of the army is here. And we're surrounded. And the prophet just said, Lord, open his eyes. Let him see what I see. Oh, I want you to see what's inside the church, what we're looking at, and what we're a part of here. What's in our company here, what we're a part of. And, uh, of course, God opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw the chariots of fire. He saw the angels of God, and he realized that there's more with me than is against me. And I want you to know that when the devil tries to tell you that we're so different, number one, it's a good difference that we are. We should be different. We are appointed to be different, but it's a good difference, all right? It's a good difference. It's not different just to be different. It's not to be odd or weird or uh, off balance or something. Uh, the Bible used the term uh, peculiar, and that didn't mean odd or weird. That meant that you were a special treasure, 
That meant that you weren't just the run-of-the-mill norm mundane, but that you were something special. You're a part of the company of angels. You walk with angels. Angels bear thee up less than any time you dash your foot against the stone. Angels patrol the grounds around you, and they keep you, and they protect you. They minister to you. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Everybody said praise the Lord. Chapter 3 and verse 14. Beginning, uh, if you don't mind, we'll begin. A little further up to help sometimes like I said it's a little hard to break in so we give a little above and a little below okay the Apostle said for even when we were with you verse 10 this we commanded you that if any would not work neither should he eat for we which hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly working not at all, but our busybodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Verse 14, And if any man obey not our word by this epistle or message, note that man, and have no company with him. No company with him. You're not to be in people's company that are like that. You don't want to be associated with. You know, you can, you can uh, get in a lot of trouble with the law enforcement. If you are with somebody and maybe... You're with somebody that has a gun. And maybe they rob a store and you're there to buy a candy bar with this idiot. And they pull out a gun and they, they rob the, the man and take the money. And, and then you both wind up running out of the place. And they catch you, of course. And you're probably on surveillance and on video. And they get you. And uh, you say, well, I, I didn't do anything. Yes, but you're an accessory to the crime because you're in the company of somebody who broke the law. And so you can get just as severe a punishment as the one who had the gun, as the one who did the actual robbing. So you have to be very careful about the company. You got to be careful about the company that you keep and that you associate yourself with. But if any man obey not our word by this message, he said, note that man. Make a note, a mental note, a written note, whatever. Make a note. Note that man. You see the wrong. You've heard the wrong. You've observed it. You better start distancing yourself. Let me tell you a funny story. A true story, but a funny story. We had... A young man, you know, we've had the academy for 32 full years now. That's older than a lot of you. 
and it's aged us. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I well remember that day, my wife in tears, because she got her first gray hair from a student. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But anyway, this young man was in the academy, and he was about 14 or 15 years old. And we all, we love everybody, and we all work together. And uh, in the beginning of his time with us in the academy, he, he didn't do very well. He didn't cause a problem, but he just, it hadn't clicked. It hadn't turned on yet. And uh, he just was barely making it through, you know. So one day we took all the young people, I don't know, from the academy. We went to the McDonald's. And uh, while we were at McDonald's, all the kids were gathering around together, put, want to put their order in, and this young man was first. And he stepped up, and he told the young lady behind the counter, he said, I want to, uh, i got to remember the right name. I want to, what's the Burger King guy sell? Whopper. He said, I want a Whopper. And so the, the girl behind the counter looked at him. She said, sir, we don't have any Whoppers. And he said, I want a Whopper. And all of a sudden, all the kids started backing away. And he said, she said, sir, she said, this is McDonald's. And he said, ha, ha, he said, you can't fool me. He said, come on, I want a Whopper. And the kids are still backing up, still backing up. We don't know him. We're not in his company. We're not with him. That was the message. Don't associate us with him. From that day on, they called him Foghead. That, was, that became his nickname. And, of course, we tell everybody, no negative nicknames, right? We don't do that anymore. We don't allow that anymore. But back in the day, that's what they called him. They called him Foghead. And, uh, and uh, funny, I'll tell you the rest of the story, though. Uh, sometimes these fluorescent lights don't cooperate, and they get to be Fogheads, and they, they don't come on, or they twinkle when they come on, or they do blink or do something. And, and then all of a sudden, they will... They'll pop on. It can happen in the middle of a service. That one right there will be solid nothing. And then right in the middle of the service, all of a sudden, you bonk, something will happen. You'll go, boy, it got brighter in here. And that's why, because that ballast finally kicked in, I guess. So that's what happened to Foghead. His first name was Jeff. That's all I'm going to tell you about that. And, uh, but one day, the light went on. And before Jeff graduated with us, he had... 15 or more credits at the college. We had him in dual enrollment. The last time I saw his dad, who used to work for the post office, he jumped out in the middle of the road and stopped me, flagged me down. And he said, I wanted to tell you, it's a miracle. Yeah, what is? And he said, Jeff, he said, he graduated four years at the University of Florida. And he said, He's gone to Russia. He's studying Russian. And he's taking something else. And they're inviting him back and going to give him a, a graduate chair at the University of Florida. He said, but I told him. He said, if you go to any more schooling, you have to pay for it yourself. He said, I'm done. <laughs> he said, but I want you to know, it's a miracle what you did with that boy. <laughs> I guess that's that company of angels. God did something to that young man. And... uh the only thing I wish was that he 
would have gotten baptized and got the Holy Ghost. And he's not a young man anymore. I, I imagine he's well in his 30s by now. And I have no idea where he's at, but I certainly hope he's come to the knowledge of the truth. He was certainly taught it. But my point is that when he started acting in a certain manner, and that is the point, they started backing away from him. And that's what I'm telling you that the Bible is telling you. You have to note when people start acting wrong. I think Pete kind of said that the other night when we had him say a little word for the Lord, that you should be careful who you hang around and the places you go with people. You should be very careful about those things. Watch out because you're called to be in an innumerable, that means unnumbered, company of angels. A number of angels that you can't number. You're called to be in the company known as the church, the body of Christ. You're called to be of the senior pastor's company, like you would say of Paul's company. You're called women to be one of Senior Sister Feld's ladies. And that carries weight with it. That carries meaning, okay, to it. And so keep in mind that the Bible said, if you see somebody acting wrong, doing wrong, and I'm not talking about picking on anybody or just trying to uh, find something or something. I'm not talking about that. But I mean, you know that they're doing something wrong. Then you better start backing away, backing away. You don't have to run your mouth. You don't have to become a busybody or a gossip over it. But you need to just tell yourself, I'm not going to put myself in that kind of company. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, amen. amen. Everybody said, hallelujah. God is a great God. I want you to stand with me as I bring you back to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Very important. One place, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, you are our epistle. You are our message. You, individually, each of you. He said, you are our message. You're our epistle. You are known and read of all men. Everywhere you go, you are known and read of all men. They're of Senior Pastor's Church. I had a preacher in town not too long ago, did some work for us. He was from North Florida. He was helping us out with the building and everything. And um, I told you I knew him when he was just a, a child. And I hadn't seen him for many, many years. Now he's married and got his own children. That's how long it's been. And, um, but he bumped into somebody in town. He had come back from doing work and for us, and he, I guess he went down to Subway to get something to eat with his son and his wife. And um, one of our sisters came in while he was there, and they stopped her, and they said, where do you go to church? And she said, I go to the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ, Senior Pastor Feld's Church. And they went, like that to one another and it was like see I told you I knew she was from that church that's right because everything from head to toe screamed that that's right the way a person conducts themselves the way a person acts the way a person speaks the way a person looks all of it combines together to scream that you're an epistle a letter a message known and read of all 
you're a part of the company. The company that the writer said, you've come to the church, Mount Zion, and you've come to the city of the living God. You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. That's what you're a part of. And he said, and to an innumerable company of angels, along with all the other things he said. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You walk among angels. You walk among God's people. You walk among the holy. Everybody said, amen. Yeah, everybody said, praise the Lord. So know what you're called to be a part of. And so that's why you better take good thought if you're coming and visiting. And if you want to claim to be a part. Now, if you want to tell, I've had people, I had one, oh boy. I remember uh, Sister Stephanie working at Pahokee. And she called me one day and she said, man, you know that girl? And I said, yes. And then she's up here. She's causing a problem. She's, she's gotten her job here now. And she's causing a problem. She's saying all kinds of crazy things. And she said, I've had people come to me and say she goes, says she goes to your church, Steph.